Welcome to the Change Africa podcast. My name is Isaac Kujerino Abwa, and I'm here with my usual suspect, Daniel Murky. And today we're going to have a special guest with us. Still on the Change Africa podcast, TEDx special edition, we have one of the guests who was featured on the TEDx stage um, last December. And the person is none other than Jabari Hall, who is the founder of JHAS Heart, a nonprofit in the US that is focused on building the potential of people, getting people to reinvest in themselves and believe in their potential and gifts. Jabari, welcome to the Change Africa podcast. Tell us special Accra. Again, take it easy, people. Take it easy. Just one man. Um, hey, I feel welcomed. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for being with us on the podcast. So let's, yeah, let's move Super straight into the thank you. conversation. Um, you are the founder of J Has Heart. What is J Has Heart? Founder of JS Heart. So you mentioned uh, it's a nonprofit. It's actually a for-profit. Okay. Um, I do serve on the board of a nonprofit, which is Think Positive and Dream Big Inc. Um, but JS Heart, uh, JS Heart does kingdom work. Um, it stands for Jabari Has Heart or Jabari Hall as Heart or as Love. Right? J H A S. H-E-A-R-T, J has heart. And it means uh, that everything that is birthed uh, and flows uh, out of J has heart is that of love. Uh, it, it, the source is love and therefore the actions and anything that comes from it um, or, pro or produced by it is love. Uh, it's like blood uh, is activated through the heart. Uh, J has heart is a, 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 an SCL-centered organization that produces um, K-12 SEL curriculum, um, staff development seminars, and literature for uh, the educational um, industry to consume. Uh, we're focused on high trauma um, and diverse background populations to help them see and think um, that things are possible in their lives uh, and dream big, so much so that they can rise from ashes to glory. Uh, we started in 2009, um, and in these short 12 years, have went from serving one city in one country to uh, a little bit about above 25 cities in five different countries. And this year we're looking to expand some more to hire some more like-minded people and impact more lives through some philanthropic work, definitely across this, the countries of Africa and its diaspora. Yeah, so what I'm interested in knowing is this theory of social-emotional learning. Um, which is at the center of the curriculum that you produce and teach. So can you delve into that? Yeah, SEL, SEL. SEL stands for social and emotional learning. SEL stands for social and emotional learning. And if I had my shirt and tie on, my scholarly way of saying it, I would say that SEL develops the human quotient. Uh, it's comprised of five major competencies. Uh, those would be uh, self-awareness and self-management and social awareness, uh, relationship skills and responsible decision-making. Um, conceptually, it began in the 1960s and took real form and went out to the masses in the 1990s and has a proven and statistical record uh, uh, that shows uh, that students um, gain academic success when attending these classes. Um, but I'm a regular guy speaking right now. SEL essentially is helping someone's ability to think higher about themselves and about their future while respecting and empathizing with others and making good decisions along the way. That's what SEL is. So the question again, right? 
you view your work as kingdom work, which is basically you are surpassed. What you're going to talk about, you view your work in general as an extension of your Christian faith. So I want to understand the intersection between social emotional learning as a standardized approach towards, you know, um, learning that, you know, let me say an academic approach towards um, learning and your kingdom work. What is the intersection between that? If you get that. If I'm understanding the question correctly, here's this, this connection here. Um, on one side of things, SEL um, develops the person, uh, develops the being, helps you to see you in a different light, to love you in a different light, um, to see others in a different light, to love others in a different light, to treat others in a different light than what our um, um, normal societal um, ways have fashioned us to do, to perform in. Um, so when we study kingdom work, when we study the kingdom, the messages are, and the commandments are the same. You know, treat others as you treat yourself. Right? Um, the Lord wants us to have this love for self and love for him first, but certainly know that we are born of him and in his image. So we should be thinking higher of, our, of ourselves. So I think with those messages and what we are trying to develop um, in social emotional learning, that's where those, that's where that intersection meets. That's where that, those two kind of um, theories and thought processes uh, meet. Um, I, I'm hopeful that I answered that question in that way. And then for me on a personal side, and I'm pretty sure we'll get into this. For me, it's 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 what I've been created to do. A lot of times, I was I had the thought that my work was in information technology. Um, however, um, and I'm glad that I'm in a forum like this. I can speak freely about my spirituality. H however, my my work is on educating the youth on empowering the youth. Um, so that intersection is a personal thing for me as well. It meets me right in the middle there. Hopefully I answered that the way you enjoyed or intended. So um, Jabari, so I understand in terms of the social and emotional learning, what is the, the, the objectives that you put out, but I was wondering in terms of empowering the youth as you described. How does that look like practically? When it pertains to Jay has heart empowering the youth or when it comes to implementing social and emotional learning curricula in schools. Okay. Um, maybe with Jay has heart. Specifically with Jay has heart. What does that look like? So Jay has heart has a K to 12 SEL curriculum that is scaffolded to meet each um, educational tier or each grade band um, um, and educate students in that particular grade band. Um, so in America, they will be catered to three to five, six to eight, nine to 12. Um, um, in British type countries, there is primary, secondary, post-secondary, et cetera, et cetera. So they're scaffolded to meet these different age groups. And essentially, if and when implemented in more schools, how, how we've done it thus far, excuse me, in a general basin and how specifically for JSR, in a general sense, when we implement it in schools, it becomes a part of a student's daily class load. Um, they'd have their math and their science, et cetera, et cetera. And this would come in as an, elect, an elective, sort of like music or gym, et cetera, et cetera. They would have an SEL class where they go in and they learn about themselves through a particular competency. 
So if we're talking about self-awareness, we're having an activity on how, um, helping them understand how they think, how they feel. Um, and going in specifically for Jayhas Heart, it, 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 it is, um, um, it just depends on the school and the way the school can implement it. So there are times when it's implemented on a weekly basis rather than a daily basis, or for a particular subset of students that may need this extra boost more so than other students. So it's, it's baked into their schedule a little bit different than a daily or a weekly. But essentially, it's us going through the lessons that target these particular competencies to help students along their way. So my question for you is, you know, how many schools have you implemented and what has been the, the progress so far? And, you know, do you, who, who developed this curriculum? Um, what are some of the modules in the curriculum that are some of your favorite that you perhaps want to highlight uh, amongst other things? Yeah. 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 My brain was like, all right, get that question, get that question, get that question. We got about three or four there. So how many schools has this been implemented in? We've worked with over 400 schools. Uh, I would say about 200 schools have this curriculum in some capacity. Some capacity could be um, as a annual thing um, or as a semester-based thing um, in a quarterly way. It just depends. Or we um, have some after-school programs. It's a plethora. There are a plethora of, uh, of um, sit, um, co plethora of cohorts that exist within these schools. Um, um, and again, it just depends on the school's budget and their time and how much they're willing to implement SEL into their core subject matter um, timeline. Um, the, the curriculum itself was designed in a divine way. Funny enough, ironically enough, I was, I started developing and I know and I'm hopeful that we'll get into my story. I don't want to give away too much of that right now, but when I started this work, I didn't know what this work looked like. I just wanted to create activities and opportunities for students to discover themselves and discover the unique ability, the magnific magnificent ability um, that they possess. So I started to design activities based off of that. Lo and behold, I would then market those activities um, and programs to schools. And schools would then say, this is SEL. And I'm like, what's SEL? They would say, this is this show me SEL. I'm like, oh, let me go research SEL. And I would see similarities in my work and what SEL has under its umbrella and I was this is where I say it was divine because all of the work that I surmised and I came up with and conceptualized was from the gift of God and and the promise of God and um, yeah, yeah so just it, it came out of my experiences my mindset um, prayer honestly uh, and the curriculum was designed that way. And it morphed over the years based off the experiences and based on the different um, demographic groups that we have worked with. Um, the highlights of the curriculum. The curriculum is called Redefine Your ABCs. We want to help students redefine the, the way they look at words and the way they use words. And when they recognize that, they will also recognize how they think about the use of these words and how these words are applied in different contexts. So in the curriculum, the core is around defining these words. So when I say to you, gentlemen, when you hear the word love, how does that speak to your heart? There are some people that say, I love 
myself. I love um, plants. I love the earth. Nah, you know what? I don't love as that person loves. I just love people. It's cool. There are people that love differently. Now, when I say relentless, when I say motivate, when I say integrity, those words speak to our hearts in different ways. And at the core, we help students recognize what words speak to you. Is it friendship? Is it faith? Is it, is it X factor? What are these words? And if these words speak to you, then you need to operate from these words. And these words help build your character. And we know the character of a man or a woman is seen whether we speak or don't speak. And that's how we help students, um, um, see things with it. And that being the core of, of the, of the curriculum. Now, if we're helping people to see their, um, the words that they use, be the words that they use, then they become integral additives or additions to, same kind of, same word there, um, to society, citizens of society. And that's what the curriculum is about, as well as a few other important things, but I've probably spoken too long, so I'll pause there. Thanks. So now I, I see the intersection between SEL and, um, and like the kingdom work that I was inquiring about. Let me repeat that again. I clearly do see the intersection between the kingdom work and SEL now because I can tell that you were already on a mission and then you found SEL and you found that your work actually is, is an embodiment of already what SEL is. So you marketed it as SEL and probably evolved it to fit that, and, and that makes a lot of sense. Um, but let's start from the beginning, which is the journey that led you into pursuance of wanting to help people find their own destinies and their own mission in life. How did you find this destiny and this mission as you divinely believe that is, is your mission on earth? I would imagine the folks that are listening would say, yeah, I want to, I want to hear his story here. I would imagine that you guys may want a short version. I'm just going to give you what my heart speaks. Exactly. That works. <laughs> All right. So years back I was in it. Studied information technology. I remember being about 10 years old after being in this country for two years and working on computers. There were four computers in our elementary school, um, hundreds of students, and we're all sharing these four computers. Um, but I, I, I loved what it was. I was introduced to it. And then we got a computer at home some years later and got on AOL and all these different things. And I was just intrigued by computers and um, that ma I matured into loving computers and went to school for computers and, and got a scholarship to Penn State University um, for information technology. Um, started my a company, a software development company um, and a web development company um, and just matured into being a, a successful human being. I travel around the world really. I, and I remember being um, in Italy one day um, um, on a on a yacht, like hanging out. <laughs> like I was, I ended up becoming the successful person that I imagined being. But on that yacht, I'm sitting there like, wow, this is beautiful, you know. All right, when I get home, what am I going to do? Oh, back to work. All right. It didn't. I didn't feel that consuming fire. I didn't feel that, that. Bad people on camera. <laughs> I'm a real dude. I didn't feel that, that zeal, that love for life um, the same way. Yeah, I had a lot of money. Yeah, I could do whatever I want. But I didn't feel that joy in my heart. 
that, that, that feeling that you get from gratitude. So I remember coming back home and I started to pray differently. I wasn't as spiritual as I am today. I wasn't as grounded as I am today. And I remember praying and asking these two questions. Why am I here? What is my purpose? And it became a daily prayer for me. And for nine months, every single day, I started asking the Lord, why am I here? What is my purpose? Is it to take trips and spend money frivolously? What is it? Why am I here? I'm sitting in a condo. I'm, I'm working from home. Before there ever was working from home during the pandemic, I'm working from home. Just got off a meeting telling folks what to do. And this, I get this prayer like, okay, what's next? I can turn on the TV and chill. Like, what's next? Like, Lord, like, what am I here? And the Holy Spirit spoke to me in that moment from what I didn't know was the Holy Spirit at that moment. And, and with the, with the resounding and, 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 um, clear voice said, your purpose is to empower the youth. I quickly got up and I, I was like, who's here? And if any of you guys are sitting at home and you hear a voice in the house, you're like, hold on. <laughs> Did I leave the door open? Who's there? So I get up, I run around different rooms, I look around, I'm like, is anybody here? I get chills on my arm. I can visibly see it. I'm like, Lord, is that you? Right? I, I had this, I had this Paul moment on that road. Like, like that light. I'm like, hold on. And instantly I got down on my knees. I was like, I hear you. Is that my purpose? I hear you. Is that you, Lord? Speak to me. And sometimes the Lord is like, hold on, I already spoke to you once. Like, I know you know it's me. So of course I didn't hear the Lord again. In that moment, I drafted an email to my staff. In that moment, I drafted an email to the companies that I had contracts with and said, in two weeks, we can't continue. In that moment, stop. Two weeks. Just started to think about what I was doing. My um, uh, amazing uh, um, girlfriend at the time would come home and she would say, you, you feel different, you look different, what's going on? And I'm like, I feel, something's happening to me, I don't know. And from that moment, I just started to think about how, how do I get to people's heart? How do I do what I love? And the idea of Jay has heart came. Jabari Hall as love. Everything I do is going to be from love because of the God that loves me. And from that time till now, I've just been doing the work that I have been commissioned to do. I have just been impacting people and their lives and doing it from my heart. I haven't been paid the same way I was during my information technology times. Now it's coming up. Now I'm doing well. But all these years, it wasn't like, oh, I started this company, I hired these people, and oh, damn, I'm the CEO and I'm doing great. Yeah, yeah, he's accomplished. No, 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 no. Working in the education space, I learned that money doesn't come as easy as it does in information technology. And I learned that a lot of people want you to do great things, but don't want to pay you to do those great things. I also learned that my purpose isn't in money. I learned that I had the fun with the money already. My purpose is in the work and in the people. So along the way, guys, I have specific stories that I hope and pray I never forget. Specific stories of how I've impacted people's lives and how they've impacted my life. That if I was to not exist anymore, I am so happy of what the Lord has allowed me to do. Um, so when you ask me the question of the, how does JS, how did JS Heart start? What's the inception of this all? That was it. It was a divine moment from 
unceasing prayer that created and unleashed this being that God has intended on this earth. And yeah, that's that's it thus far. That's what I've been doing. I'm on that road. That road, that road. So how does one find the level of clarity that you have found that has led you to this place? Um, how does one find that clarity? Well, one way somebody can find um, clarity in their life um, and the way that I um, would advise a person to do is to go to the Creator. I am unapologetically a believer in Christ. Regardless of whatever other religion folks believe in, respectfully so, more power to you. Whatever that being is, more power to you. I think going to the source is the first step. Asking what is your purpose? Because there's no other answer better than that. Better than that of which the Holy Spirit provides to you, speaks to you, because it comes directly from the Lord. So I would say unceasing prayer and asking what is your purpose here will grant you that. Mine took nine months. Yours might take longer or shorter. A second thing, and maybe something that's more practical to society, is start to write down what are the things that I love to do not that I'm just good at. What do I love to do? What is something or some things that when I do it, I find such joy in it. I find such gratitude in it. I find such, such peace in it. What is what, what, are, what are those things? And then start doing it. Am I an artist? Do I like to, to draw? Do I like to create? All right, I'm just going to start creating in my spare time. I'm not going to stop what I'm doing. I'm going to continue um, 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 financially supporting the people that I need to financially support. But I, I'm going to my spare time is going to be um, um, allocated towards those things that I love. And from that, opportunities may come up. From that, um, um, innovation may appear. Uh, from that, uh, um, 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 more joy may build up. And you might say, you know what? This this is the thing I love. I really enjoy this. This is awesome. And it'll grow that way and you'll start to do more of it and find out that maybe that was your purpose because more people come to you and say, wow, like, wow, you're so good at this. Uh, 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 oh my gosh, like, you should do more of this. Oh, I need this. I need that. And they, 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 they want to support you in ways in which you never imagined if you haven't started on this road. Um, so in a practical way, just, just writing down the things you love, start doing the things you love, um, and, and applying more time to it. Um, one, one other thing I would say is ask the people closest to you, what, am, what do you think I'm good at? You've seen me for nine, ten years. Like, what am I good at? Because funny enough, when I was in IT, yeah, I had the glasses. I still wear glasses. Yeah, I was like the guy, like the, the traditional nerd. I love using that word because I was teased by it all my life and I'm okay by it because nerds, they get rich. But not to be cocky and all that stuff because I ain't rich. I'm just doing well. But I say that to all the people who may be listening who have been called a nerd. Don't worry about that. Keep doing what you got to do. When I was in IT, people were saying, people would talk to me and I would give them good advice. I'm like, wow, you're, like, you're a good person. You listen to people. Like, you give good advice. Like, you should be like a counselor, man. Da, 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 da. And by the way, anytime you hear somebody say da, 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 you know they are like on chill mode. Um, but they would say you're a good counselor. And ironically enough, the work that I do isn't just speaking for one time and leaving. I counsel people. I counsel the hearts of men. And, um, sometimes people, your friends can give you good advice as to what they see in you. That is great. So those are three ways in which someone can find their purpose. Yes. Um, Jabari, you have spoken quite a bit now about how to find the purpose. And what I'm wondering is, I think there is also a set of people that 
deep down probably have figured their purpose yet maybe paths brought them on completely different ways so how i mean how would you tell these people to go about it how do you i mean you mentioned some things of yeah still meeting your financial obligations and then put your time but i think it also has a lot of to do with maybe a portion of self belief and confidence so what would be your advice in that in that respect If I can reiterate that is someone has found their purpose. Um, and what would be my advice in them continuing in that purpose? Yeah, exactly. Kind of found a purpose, but not necessarily pursuing it. Yeah. So I've met people along the way that have shared their purpose and have worked in their purpose, but haven't seen or didn't see the financial reward from the physical effort that they have put into that purpose. And because that financial reward wasn't received at the time they needed it to be received, they then went back to normalcy, went back to comfort, went back to these, this is what pays the bills, which is fine uh, to each his own. Um, and those individuals along this journey of mine um, uh, made that decision based off of whatever, family, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I would constantly say to them, what are you doing it for? You got your why now, excuse me, you, you got the, 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 the what actually, you got what you're doing, you got what is your purpose. Why are you doing it? A lot of times we forget the why. A lot of times we forget that, oh, why am I doing this? Because it is me. Because I was born to do this. Because nobody can do it like me. You forget that and you think about, Oh, this me that has to survive, I'm gonna, I, I need to survive. And forget that the why doesn't equate to just survival or doesn't equate to it's gonna be easy or doesn't equate to, um, smooth. Purpose, it really, and I'm trying to think of this as, um, resounding and, and amazing quote, but simply put, I mean, purpose, really equals pain. Purpose equals arduous tasks. Um, purpose equals um, 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 just this grind. Purpose equals um, um, a question mark, meaning we don't know what comes from pursuing that purpose. But if we then go into the, here's what purpose needs to give me, then you've lost your way. You need to go back to, why am I doing this? Is it to impact the people? Is it to, to change the lives of the people around me, the people around the world? Is it to create something that lasts in a way that if I wasn't here would not have been created to last? Like, like go back to that purpose. And it has to be an everyday reminder in that purpose. So when it comes to me personally, like I go from making more than a quarter million dollars to, to my first year in JS Heart making $8,000. So I like, I think of that on the US side, I'm making 300 plus. And then I stopped. I told you I two weeks cut off everything. That year, eight thousand. Sure, you would say, oh, you had some money saved up, so you were able to survive on that eight thousand. What if somebody who doesn't have the money then have to transfer over? Da, da. I get it. I get it. But just like how somebody who may not have the financial backing to then go off and do a venture, such as I did, um, they have to. Um, 
make their way. It has to be a tough grind. They got to sacrifice, et cetera, et cetera, that word sacrifice. I too had to sacrifice because you got to recognize that somebody used to living a particular way and then they now have to say, I got to live a totally different way in order to serve in this purpose. That too is sacrifice. So I then had to sacrifice all of these years. That money didn't stay there. I then had to live a particular way. And I'll get into that in another, in another comment, another question. I had to live a particular way in order to make this work. I had to sacrifice and every day remind myself of this purpose. So to the person that's, that's in this moment, you have products in front of you. To the person that's um, 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 designing music and you have a library and a catalog of, um, of beats um, waiting for someone to sing and, and rap and um, 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 add their sound to it. Um, to the person that is has a closet full of clothing that you're ready to put on display or on a runway. To the person that has whatever stockpile of things because they're serving in their purpose and they look at it and they say, how do I make this work? To that person, go back to the why, go back to the reason. And the funny thing is the reason and the why and serving in that purpose will make way for you to um, live in a way that you didn't imagine, that you didn't see possible. But you first have to dig into the purpose and forget about the uh, 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 life that you've had for the life that you were meant to have. And when you stick your mind there, when you cry, when you hurt, when you have pain, when there's arduous tasks, that purpose equal, remember? It'll pay off soon enough. Because there is no progress without sacrifice. That's what I would say to the person that is listening, that is serving in their purpose, but feels stuck. That was, that was really very inspiring. I think what stood out to me is the differentiation from the what and the why that you kind of, of course, that the why comes with a lot of sacrifice, like the what, maybe what I, my question pointed maybe at the person knows probably what they are passionate about and what they would like to do. But the yeah. why is what drives you to push that, whatever you want to call it, whether it's a gift, a talent from what I took that pushes you to go and pursue it irrespective of I mean, you can't know the outcome. You basically follow that. So I found that, um, I found that a very great answer and very inspiring. Um, you answered it better than I did. That's great. It's awesome. A quick summary. Yeah. <laughs> um, what I was wondering, I may be coming back to something you said earlier. I know we pointed already at how you found your, your, your purpose, but I'm now thinking about the method you mentioned when with the, the words with the social emotional learning, the words that speak to one. So maybe first a question to you, a quick question first. What are the words that speak to you? Uh, look at you. Look at you. Look at you. Um, so you said that's the first question. So you have a follow up. Um, yeah, I just no. the question is really uh, the words that speak okay, to you. Good. Yeah. I didn't know if to go quick or to go the way I generally go, and I'm long-winded. So anyway, um, I wake up every morning and I recite these words. I am positive. I am happy. I am growing. I am powerful. I am relentless. I will never stop. I will never quit. Failure will never overtake me if my determination to succeed is strong enough. I will persist. I will persist. I will persist. I am unstoppable because I got to stay positive in this negative world. I got to stay happy because there is uh, so much sadness that exists in our world. 
I have to grow spiritually, intellectually every single day. I cannot be stagnant. I am powerful. I am wonderfully made. I am relentless. I can't look at a human's no and think that is the Lord speaking to me. I have to know that I have to push past any person's no and find the door that he has opened for me. So therefore, I'll never stop. So when you ask me what words sit well with me, it is those five words. I couple that with the most powerful um, emotion I believe exists, gratitude. I am grateful for so much in my life and I show thankful and I show my appreciation to it. And of course, love. Because if I can't love me and love the people, there's no way I can do this work. Those are my words. So, you know, what you are talking about, um, you know, a lot of people have theorize this idea of self-affirmation and um, which is similar to what you're talking about now but there are some pushback around the ideas of self-affirmation that no matter how you tell yourself some things um, the power to overcome see the things in your life may not always lie in the words that you say but in the actions that you take how, what would you say to people that have viewpoints that it's more about the actions that you take more than the words that you speak that drives the mindset that you have? Because you have to overcome the things to give yourself the confidence that you can actually do them than necessarily to, you know, to speak those points of view and expect them to actualize in your life. Guys, I want to apologize. Um, look, it's... Uh... Um, it's exciting talking about this stuff because this is what I do daily. So I apologize for my excited reactions and the continued excited reactions because I'm going to continue, especially with this question. This question of actions and words and folks, uh, the thoughts around self-affirmation. I'll say two things. One is... Um, when I was coming out of college, I lost, um, a job based, and I'll still say based off of a, 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 a manager, um, uh, that, that wanted to, all he needed to say, the last thing he needed to say to me was boy of how he wanted to, to speak to me and have me operate. And I was like, I will not, sir. <laughs> and, uh, he got a way of getting me out that job. Um, that's another topic, another day. And I was down though, man. I was down. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't making the money I needed to make to survive. And, um, my, my mother, my guardian on earth, my angel on earth, I don't say that to her too often. Um, um, but, um, she is, she saw me being down and she's like, uh, I've heard about this book called The Secret. And I was like, look, I'm looking for work. I'm not trying to read a book right now. Like I'm looking for like, she's like, just read it. Just, just read it. Like I heard it's good. I didn't ever read it. I just heard it's good. Just read it. All right, mom, I'm gonna listen to you. I got you. I'm gonna read it. I opened the book and it starts talking about this term law of attraction. And I'm like, what is this law of attraction? And it teaches you that it, your, your thoughts are directly tied to how this universe um, um, uh, uh, revolves, how it, how it, how it moves. Um, and, and your thoughts are then fashioned um, in a way that, that becomes um, um, into existence. And then the universe says, wow, you being, you want that? Let me fashion this to your Visual, uh, to your vision, to yourself, to in front of you, it, 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 it works together, it's entwined in a way. And I, and I started to believe it partly because I was down in my luck, partly because I went on 80 different interviews. And this is how I'm bald headed today because I was really stressed out in my 20s. And 
And, and I started to just believe. I started to just think when I walk in this interview, I got this interview, even if it was for a position where I knew I wasn't qualified. I walked in, I was like, I got this. So I sat down and like, look, you seem like a confident brother. I was like, I am confident. I know I'm going to get this job. And probably in there, they're like, we're not hiring you. You know, we're just interviewing you because you block. And I was just like, because in IT, not a lot of black people get jobs. Da, 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 da. I'm not going to go into it. Don't tell me I'm being false on it. I'm being very much um, truthful. I know the statistics. I studied the statistics. I teach the statistics. But I digress. And I would just say to myself, I got this, I got this. And at the end of the day, even if those jobs didn't come, I started to develop this confidence. And it went away from, I went away from the negative, a down-putting way of thinking about how I would interview to more of this positive way. Like, it's all right, it's gonna work out. It's all right, it's gonna work out. It's and that started to change the way I just saw life. So law of attraction, sure, the entire thing I believe in. And if someone doesn't believe in it, I would say at the end of the day, what you get from it is the ability to just think that things are going to work out for you. And at the end of the day, don't you want that? Don't you want to be believe that, yeah, I'm going to get this, the wife that I want. I'm going to get the husband that I want. I'm going to get the kids that I want. I'm going to get the job that I want. I'm going to live the life that I want. Don't you want that? Other than that, then, hey, you know what? If you can't think that, then yeah, yeah. Come sit on my couch because it's going to be a long session. Um, so that, you know, that's one part of it. The second part of it in this action, what I teach people is, and in the curriculum, there's another pillar. We have five pillars in the cur curriculum. It's another pillar. It is how thoughts become your character. Man is about thought. We are first thought. We were first thought and then blew into the ground and we become a physical being. We are first thought. We think, then what happens is an emotion comes up off of that thought. Before we even speak, we can think something and we're like, oh, I'm sad off that thought. No words were uttered, emotion. Then there is a word that comes. So now let's look at anger. We think about something, it makes you angry. What do you say, cuss word? Huh. What do you say, ah, you spike that thing, right? A word comes out. What happens after that? A feeling happens. These feelings develop, these strong feelings and beliefs uh, develop based off those words. And from that, you then take action. You know what? My wife made me angry today. Um, yeah, she did make me angry. I am angry. Words. I ain't gonna do this dishes. I ain't gonna do this work. She she ain't cook for me. I ain't doing this stuff. Words, right? You start believing. Yeah, man, she not treat me like the man I need to be. What's the action? Dirty dishes. She comes home. Why you wash dishes? Woman, you supposed to wash dishes. Whatever, right? I don't believe in it, but I'm just saying that it happens to all of us men. You stop. Don't lie out there. Action. That action over and over and over starts to develop into something. You start leading into more behaviors from that action. And people say, you start acting a particular way. Why are you acting like that? Who are you? And they're like, that's not, you're like, that's not how I am. But it's like, but yesterday you did that. The other day you did that. The other day you did that. Yeah, that's your behavior. Your behavior becomes a habit. And you, because of that habitual nature, it becomes your character. I teach this. I study this. Thought goes into character. The way you think develops your character. So now when someone says, oh, my action is totally different than my words, et cetera, et cetera. No, they are directly tied. The way you think of yourself is the way you're going to speak of yourself. The way you speak of yourself is the way you're going to believe in yourself. The way you believe in yourself is the way you're going to act. And the way you act develops into your, um, your habits and the daily habits you develop become your character. So when someone says these things on time, I say phooey. Unless you heard that word, phooey. I say it is directly tied. The way you speak directly ties to the way you act. The way you act directly ties to the person that you are sitting right now or standing or walking or being on some public transport, public transportation, whoever's listening at this moment. That's my answer. Thanks. Okay, I, I think I'm convinced, especially with the foundation that you said around
um, thoughts leading to character. Because then definitely, it's not about, you know, some affirmations to make you feel good, but really it's about building the foundations of your character, which is very powerful and convincing. Now, the question I want to ask is, now that we've taught people here on the podcast, because it's really an, an education session of how to discover their purpose and all of that, right? Yeah. And in the world of competition, is it important to maximize that talent? Um, should people care and people worry about the competition in the world of, you know, so many people who are doing similar things? I mean, yeah. I would, I would, I would assume that even though there is unique talents, there is still competition among those talents, even when you find that purpose. So how do you make sure that you are competing and becoming the better person? I mean, the best version of that, or it's not even important. You just have to um, fall into the, the, the purpose and allow the purpose to like flow like water. We all operate from a particular philosophy. Whatever point of view we adopt and believe in, we then operate from. For example, we say the world is evil. So why am I being good? Rich people are evil. So all this goody two shoes work. I need to get rich. I need to get money right now. So I might as well join everybody. Or on the opposite side, right? You have that opposite way of thinking and you operate from that. It's all you operate from a paradigm, from a philosophy. So with that being said, there may be some people that operate from the philosophy of, I have competitors. I have competitors in this world and I need to compete with them. And to you, I say, well, power to you. Because competition drives results. Competition causes you to um, 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 champion the things um, um, that if you didn't have that competition, you wouldn't have, i.e. basketball, um, i.e. Um, any sport. <laughs> competition drives a particular level of results, drives you to get to a particular level. So, so to that philosophy, I get it. Like, if you then fit in that, then you then have to say, how do I then put in the effort necessary to not only outlast my competition, but totally destroy my competition? It ain't about just no gingerly like, I'm just going to exist. We're going to do a little bit better this year, this month, whatever. No, 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 no. Win. Period. That's it. Total domination, total annihilation. That's the way you got to operate if you operate from that paradigm of uh, competition exists. Oh, so, so many people in the world doing the same thing. I need to outlast them and beat them. Then you need to start living the way of like, I'm about to grind like you never seen before. I'm about to go in like you never seen before. And I'm about to do this thing like you never seen before because I'm me. <laughs> I operate different. I move different. Yeah, we got the same blood type, but. That don't matter. Yeah, we got we breathe the same oxygen. That don't matter. I'm gonna operate in a particular way that you ain't seen before. So great. That's what you need to do if you see competition. However, the paradigm that I operate from, and I had to learn this. When becoming a public speaker, you see so many speakers. You see so many people that are doing that are doing great things. You get inspired by them. You're like, man, I want to be like him. Man, I want to be like him. When I first started learning to speak or realizing the gift that was already in me, I would see a Les Brown. I'm like, man, I want to be like him. One, one person that really inspired me was a, a Dr. Eric Thomas, an ET. I was like, man, I want to be like this guy. Like, oh my gosh. And I was scared because my talent and my ability wasn't as good as his and I was trying to emulate him. This is my earlier times and I was like, when, when people didn't even know about him, but I just was like, I was looking at him and I had to say to myself, if I'm competing against this guy, then how do I discover me? If I keep trying to be like this person, how do I discover what's inside of me? And after a while, I, start, I stopped looking at these people. 
and I started to say, what makes me me? What, 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 what makes me tick in a way that allows me to be the best me? And that comes from me praying certainly unceasingly. And trials and tribulations and trying this and trying that and failing here and failing there, succeeding there, succeeding. And I got to a place where I don't look at competition because everybody is uniquely placed in their particular lane. And this lane, this highway, excuse me, has 8 billion lanes. And God has fashioned a way to make my own lane. How do I operate in the lane that he has created for me? And I operate from that paradigm. So because of that, I then develop my own talents. I then develop the way I speak. And I was able to then create the Jabari that you see now or that you hear now. No one speaks like me. No one inspires and empowers like me. No one. Therefore, I operate from that place. Therefore, I succeed from that place. That's my response, fellas. Okay. So now let's talk about um, education again. Because sure. your curriculum sends you so, to so many schools. Let me just rephrase that. Let's talk about education again. Because your curriculum sends you to so many schools, I assume you learn a lot about the education systems of so many countries. Um, what is one thing that you've seen in formal education, especially at the K-12 level, which is in, in Africa, the primary and um, elementary, I mean, junior high school level, high school level. What is it that you see in those systems that is particularly problematic for you? Whether we are working locally, um, internationally, there in Ghana, um, or in any other city of any other country. What I've realized is that there is, and somebody might say, duh, everything is institutionalized. Everything is done because this is the way it has been done for years. Done because this is the way it has generated money for the people in power. See, education across this world, around this world, has been structuralized and, and, and institutionalized and, and, and created um, 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 to create tears, societal tears in this world. And again, somebody listening who's in education, you say Dodge Bar, et cetera, et cetera. But again, let me just elaborate for a second. When students and young people are going to school anywhere, education is creating you to be a blue collar worker. Do you talk about blue collar workers there where you are, sir? All right. So blue collar workers, white collar workers, et cetera, it's creating people who are going to work to produce for the betterment of the government that governs over them. And it's set up so if we now teach, we as in the folks in power, whoever they may be, here it quotes, if we now set it up and we create it so that people then can produce and keep this business going, then we then see success in that. So, because it's that way and because everything is so um, airtight, when you now try to infuse something new, it, it becomes difficult. Again, this is something that everyone knows. You gentlemen probably know that already. You're like, duh. The interesting thing is we say it and we don't even adopt like the magnitude of it. Like it is, it is so hard to get people on a ground level to see, people that's in the industry to see that one, this is set up this way, and two, if we at this ground level don't change it, we are then, 
we then become like food in this factory. We then become like processed meat. We then become just just a part of the process. And it has to be us at this ground level to change things so that when it leaves this microeconomy way of looking at things to a macro way of looking at things, it has built up so much momentum that the powers that be can't stop it. So when I look at SEL, I go to edu I go to leaders and I say, look, I get that you want STEM related things. Not just STEM related things, STEM related things are good. But I, I, I get that you want someone to learn math, to learn science, to learn in America, ELA and all sorts of things, um, social studies. I get that. I get that you want them to learn that. But fellas, ask me, ask me this question. Um, when was the last time you used Pythagorean theorem? When was the last time you were thinking about randomly osmosis? It's, it's good. It's all good. I mean, it's all good stuff. How did that help you wake up this morning and say to yourself, it's going to be a good day? How did, how did that help you look at another human being and be like, I'm not going to hate you because you're black or white or different? How, how did that help you in your relationship when someone is screaming at you and you're being verbally abused, how do you communicate and work through conflict resolution with them or work through conflict with them? How? So for me, when I talk to a leader, I'm just like, I get that we're, help, we're, we're helping young people be intellectually smart and can go to get an MBA and a PhD and all these great things. But how are they as people? Because if we don't have good people, we don't have good structures. We don't have good businesses. We don't have good anything. We need good people. So we need to be able to educate these young people. How do you be a good person? And whatever you see online, even right now, I'm probably going for the tangent. Whatever you see online, how do you look at that and not get desensitized to that? And recognize that there are people out there that have feelings and they have feelings just like you and they're experiencing things. And you got to empathize or sympathize with them to a degree that allows you to not just ignore their being. And there's no way that we can just go to a governmental a person, a, a, a ministry of education, and help them to see that. No, they're not going to see it. But when they see a Daniel, an Isaac, a Jabari, an Africa podcast, a, 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 a Change Africa podcast, a, 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 a TEDx, and all these different platforms, people are talking about social emotional learning. People are educating people on the importance of it, and people are implementing 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 it in schools. That's when the momentum gets to something that they can't stop, and it becomes an integral part of an educational tier in every part of our society or societies. Um, so I may have not answered that question, but that's how I would look at things. Okay. Um, I think, yeah, that was an insightful answer. The, I mean, what stood out to me is the part you mentioned before when you mentioned your words, the powerful, and it kind of reminded me what you are describing is kind of, it's like if somebody has self-agency, they become powerful. And it's kind of the education system is not designed to drive that. Um. But I think since you mentioned Change Africa podcast, I would want to come back to yeah. the African narrative, the African situation and kind of, yeah, you gave some approaches. Yes, it needs to come from the ground up. But when you come maybe specific to Africa or specific to Ghana of what you have seen, how do you think um, we can create that kind of change? And probably when we create that change, it probably has to a large part come from the educational um, aspect. So what are your thoughts around that? Yeah. Well, yeah, I see it in the educational space um, being impactful through SEL, specifically Jay has heart and the way we deliver SEL. Um, um, and that's one of the things we want to do anyway, and we'll go from this tangent for a second, is being able to help um, leaders in the SEO sphere and SEO influence, uh, SEO industry, um, understand that SEO isn't a cookie, isn't a, um, one fits all, one fit all 
um, way of looking at things. We have to really be able to look at a population, understand their plight, understand their challenges, and then speak to them through that plight and help them through that plight so that they um, can develop these skills that SEL teaches. Um, so in education, sure, it is a space because um, uh, young people are there eight, nine, ten hours out of the day. Um, and it certainly can be a space where we can infuse it every hour, every minute, um, and through our language of our teachers and leaders. So certainly education. Thank you very much, um, Jabari, and thanks for viewing the Change Africa podcast. So this has been the Change Africa podcast, Terrace Across Social Edition. We've had Jabari Hall, who is the founder of J House Hat, and we've spoken a lot around his work in SEL, social emotional learning, and his kingdom work, his mission to help empower people to chase their dreams, to change their God-given purposes and find the giftedness in them that makes them uniquely um, placed in the world to change the world. Thank you very much, um, Jabari. Thanks, Jabari. We, we hope to see you again. Yeah.